Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I beat the track down, screaming loud, the crowd's gonna react wild. Pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look to grand Widows, noches, Elijah, sequel to my own weekend, sir. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just you like that? <laughs> what Tranquilo. the hell, Tranquilo. man? I thought that was like, I thought that was like the PlayStation like beginning, or or some like the like when you turn your PlayStation on. I thought that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Or like your Dreamcast or something I I was trying to do as much Spanish as I know Nosotros, Tetsuya, Naito Did you play that Did you you play that sound clip? Or is that my computer being weird? I I, I heard my Okay, never mind My computer did something weird And made something like You must be playing an airplane game I'm not playing nothing Oh, (laughs) what is going on with my computer? Well, I just figured that out. This is episode 17, standing eight count radio as always. Elijah has just been clotheslined over the top rope and eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Shout out to WrestleCast tomorrow at 6 p.m. Is it an airplay game? I don't know, but this is Boxing Talk and I am excited. Tonight we're talking to follow from the Gennady Golovkin-Vanez-Mutterosen fight that took place last night on HBO Stub Up Center in Carson, California, as always. Uh, we'll also be talking the Cecilia Brakos fight against uh, Carly Reese uh, that took place in the opener, which was a surprisingly fun fight, especially once they got through about the halfway point. We'll break those down as well. Elijah's going to have a nice little synopsis talking about ESPN fights that we just had between... Uh, Ryan Garcia and Jason Velez, along with the Gary Spike O'Sullivan, taking on uh, Mr. Abreu. Can't remember his first name. I apologize. Also, I want to talk about the Juan Hang Meniot and Leroy Estrada fight from Wednesday, which was a tremendous showcase of one of the most best-kept secrets in boxing. I'm telling you, 32-year-old, 50-0, and Juan Hang Meniot. This man is a stud, people. Check him out. Also, we got a lot of news, rumors, the whole nine yards coming up. I can't wait to talk about our uh, boy, haha, not boy, Eddie Hearn. He's at it again. Now what is he trying to do? He's working on getting his Bob Aram. Aram. So we got to break that down. Also talking, what's next for Triple G? IBF has dated him August 3rd to face mandatory champion Sergei Derevianchenko. But he, but he still is talking Canelo on the 15th of September for Mexican Independence Weekend. But also, Gennady might not fight him, might not want this to happen. So that'll be kind of interesting to see where this goes. We talked that as well. Also, Tony Ballou defeats David Hay. He had some choice words for wanting a superstar next. And the guy he called out 
didn't really pay much attention to it, even kind of laughed about it as well. So we thought, I thought that was pretty entertaining. So we're going to check that out as well coming up. A lot of fun to talk about this week on Standing A Count. Also coming up here right after our first break, Circle of Discipline standout fighter Celso Ramirez comes on. Talking to him about that great victory on the PBC show April 13th. Uh, what's also next lining up for him? Uh, just kind of banner a little about boxing with him who he molds himself after, why he started, when he started, the whole nine yards. So a whole lot of fun with it as well. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Celso was one of these standouts from that show that I was extremely excited to uh, to talk about after that great victory that he had. Obviously, more random banter, I'm sure, will be lining up with everybody here. But real quick, we're going to take our first break of the night, pay a couple bills, get these out of the way. Guys over at FML Solutions got a deer stand that's going to fit your needs this fall when deer season starts. Get it before they're gone. It's 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 almost patent pending, done. Inventory is going low. You guys have been studs picking it up, so be ready. Get it right now. Alex is going to tell you about it when we come back. Standing A-Count Radio. We got some boxing. Don't go away. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Sona Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. 
Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. Who can play at this game? What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. But if you actually wanted boba, it's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe word's Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> And then the next patient. Patient is sleeping. Ladies and gentlemen, Standing 8 Count Radio, we are back at you live. Salsa, with us? Yes, I'm with you guys. Hey, Salsa, Elijah here. How's it going, man? Good, how's it going, Elijah? Not too bad. Uh, just, you know, trying to do the show, watching some boxing. Okay. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So... Why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners? Just you know, tell them, tell them your name, tell them who you are, what gym you box out of, you know, those little little things. Yeah. Well, I'm Celso El Nino Ramirez, 20 years old, boxed out of Circle of Discipline down in South Minneapolis. Nice. So, man, I we were talking about when we were having you on about about your about your last fight. Uh, when you were fighting uh, Brandon Baume, Bow- I can't pronounce his last uh, name. Newey or something like that. Brandon yeah. Baume. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, it doesn't so, matter because he got his ass kicked. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So Sorry. pretty that, much. That that was an impressive <laughs> performance, man. Like, what? Uh, one thing I want to ask you is, what was going through your mind when he was like in the ring? trying to ollie shuffle and uh, trying to, like, look like he was doing a bolo, like trying to do a bolo punch, too, and just, like, kind of clowning around in the ring even though he was getting beat up. How did yeah. that make you feel? <laughs> well, I was just uh, in there relaxing. I was just doing my job. Um, and nothing was really going through my mind. I just know I had to keep my game plan. Yeah, cuz I mean, I think I think a lot of those he was doing that, those tactics to maybe try and get you a little upset and maybe to try and get you out of your game plan and maybe catch you slipping or you know, maybe you could find an opening, you know, but you you remained calm and you uh ended up stopping TK on him, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I think he did the thing, you know, because he had that experience. He probably worked on other boxes before other fighters, so he's probably trying to do the same. Yeah, so we're going to go back a little bit. Um, 
I want I want to know what this is kind of an obligatory question question we always ask guys. What got okay. you What got you to the circle of discipline? What got you into boxing and just what started your journey in in yeah, this? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Oh yeah, it's crazy how it started. It really is. Um, I wasn't even a boxing fan or anything. You know, my father boxed when he was younger he was like 19 20 years old he did it for fun you know and he's always liked it i was uh i was five years old when i first started you know i was a little bit chubby got bullied <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you know got bullied a little bit and my dad was like you know what i'm tired of that i'm gonna take you down to the gym and at the time i had two cousins that were going down there to circle of discipline to you know just go through the regular workout and my dad brought me down and I never thought I would still be doing it, you know, 15 years later. 15 years later and, uh, you know, being an up-and-coming prospect, um, you know, how many, how long did, how many, how long were you an amateur for? How many amateur fights did you have? I didn't have that many, but I had about 65, 75. Okay. I was, yeah, I wasn't able really to compete in the higher levels of uh, amateur because of a certain situation. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, now you're making up for it, so. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, we had to take the other route, so it's working out for me, I guess. Things happen for a reason. Yeah. So how, like, what were your feelings on, you know, being able to be on a card at such a big event for the state of Minnesota? Um you know, with all your with all your friends that you've kind of come up with, um, how was what, what was that feeling like to you to be in the spotlight and to you know like shine the way you did when the spotlight was on you? Like, how did that feel? Yeah, well, it felt amazing. You know, like to be able to perform on the same card as your mom, and you know, after on this big menu venue, it felt amazing. Um, Uh, this is what I've been working for, you know, when I decided to turn pro and become world champion, like, you know, I know stuff like this was going to happen, so I was just ready for it. Yeah, and are you from, be there. are you from Minnesota? No, like, I'm actually born in... not, yeah, I was actually born in Mexico. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, that was the little situation I had where I wasn't able to compete in the amateurs because of my citizenship, you know. I was beating mm-hmm. top guys and not, you know, for the tournaments and not being able to advance to the nationals because I wasn't able to travel or or do certain stuff. Okay. Yeah. Who were some of the, who were some of the top guys like in in the um in some of those tournaments that you were like that you were besting and beating in the in the tournaments were any any big names now or Now no, not really, but like uh I fought Gizzy Hobbs, you know, he's a really good fighter as well. Yep. You know, we fought, was, we fought for the Golden Gloves. Yep, and um, can't really remember any other fighters I fought. But I fought, you know, I've gone to Nationals, uh, Silver Gloves. I know some of those guys are uh, are top now, too. I think his name, one of them is, like, signed with Tom Brink as well. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, can't really remember. His okay. name doesn't ring a bell yet, but... Yeah, that's when I was in the lightweights, like uh, 115. So. Oh wow. 
that's when I was small. So what um do you guys have any plans for like your next fight or know like possibly when you'll be fighting next? No, that I have no clue, but you know, I've been staying in the gym. If anything pops Self-help? out, you know, I'm ready to go. Hello? Oh, Elijah. Elijah's been having connection issues and I think he may have uh <laughs> Oh, he might be coming okay. back. Okay. Elijah, I think you got a uh, you got hit with a Gennady Golovkin left hook. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, One of those. so uh so, so I wanna ask you, what what kinda what kind of fighters got you into into the style that you fight with right now? Man, well fighters I have no idea of um I mean, is there anyone oh, that you watched a lot that really, really transformed what you're trying to, what you tried to turn yourself into? <laughs> well, I try to turn myself into my own person, you know, my own. Yeah. Boss, I want, you know, I want people to be like, you know, I fight, I want to be able to fight like Celso does or El Nino, you know. I like that. I like that. And that's, that's always a nice thing to hear too, because, you know, it's, it, you know, nothing against anyone who obviously, you know, grasps to one style that they see and it makes them you know, makes him a better fighter, but I don't know. I always kind of like that. What, what would you classify your game as then? My my boxing game as? Yeah. If what if, if I was an up and coming fighter and I said I want to be Celso Ramirez, what kind of fighter am I fighting as? Ooh, you could say all of the above. You know, I could fight you inside, outside, mid range. You know. I could box. I could uh, stay toe to toe. I could just be smart, you know. Have have the full gear and full, fully equipped. It's like a like a transformer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're back from uh. Did, did you did you get up for the standing A count from that Golovkin hook or? Uh man, I I, I got. They thought the fight was going to be over, but I, I recovered just in time and kind of yeah, got my yeah. senses back. <laughs> he's back. He's back. <laughs> so, I was going to ask you one thing too, because you know I saw you at the at the MMA event. Are you are you an MMA fan too, or or were you just there just kind of hanging out with people? You know, I was just hanging out. Uh, it was like we can say a boys' night out, but yeah. I'm not really an MMA fan. You know, it's uh, I think it's. Uh, really, a really tough sport. Like respect to them, but I don't know. I I couldn't do it. And watching it, uh, I couldn't get into it. Too much grabbing. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> to is, be honest is, with you, too much grabbing. It is definitely a, a different, a different, a different sport. Um, I kind of I dabble in it and watch it some. I like more of the the guys that stand up and strike though. Like I don't, yeah. I don't like, like I don't like a lot of the, the wrestling aspect of it. But yeah, um, so. Like, yeah, you were saying sorry. No, yeah, I just I don't like a lot of the wrestling. I don't like a lot of the wrestling and the like grappling aspect of it, you know. And sometimes that can, can bog a fight down. But I didn't hear I didn't hear your last question because I got somehow booted by our by our blog talk but um well like what's what's going on with you as in like 
when you're gonna be do you know when you're gonna be fighting next and what like a possible opponent or a possible date or what's going on with that? That I have no clue, you know, I just make sure I stay ready and then I leave everything else to my coaches. You know, I trust them and know that, you know, they'll take care of me as as long as a fighter. Um, I have no clue. But, you know, I'm ready, you know, like every fight should be getting harder and harder, and I'm ready for that. Uh, you know, that way I can give fans more of a show. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> uh, I, this was supposed to be my toughest opponent to date, but it turned out to be, you know, it was a, a quick one. So, <laughs> Man, I mean, that was, it was, it was definitely a quick one. It was like, you look, you look one way and the fight's over. Um, yeah. One guy, though, like, I looked over your record. One guy that I wanted to get your opinion on is, like, I saw that you were the last fight for the, like, probably, like, one of the, like, most, like, famous, like, journeymen of all time in boxing, uh, Martez Logan, Too Sweet oh, Logan, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, you actually, he he you were the last person to fight. He was the last person to fight you. Or, I mean, sorry, but you were, like, his last fight. He hasn't fought okay. since, and you like, and you TKO'd him. And I was just wondering, like, if you, I was wondering if you knew anything about that guy or heard anything about him because he is he's one of those guys that's like career journeyman, gets put in with prospects, loses a bunch of fights, wins every once in a while. But you know, he's he's a pretty well known name in boxing, and you are you probably. Are his last fight? You probably were his last fight. He probably he's probably done now because he hasn't fought for so long. But you were probably his last fight, and and you stopped him. Yeah, and like yeah. I thought I, I thought, that, I thought um, that was cool because yeah. I like I said I've seen I've seen him get I've seen him fight a lot of a lot of like big name guys, and I mean like I think he had like twenty seven wins and like fifty six losses, but he's been around he's been around forever and. And and you stop and you TKO'd him, which is is pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, I remember fighting him, and you know, uh, I think he that night he took a lot of blows to the head. He looked lost after the fight, and then <laughs> after the year about it, that was <laughs> yeah, like that's how I thought he was really lost and stuff. Uh, yeah, he was out of it, walking around with his suitcase. <laughs> What? All over the venue, yeah, and that was the last I've heard of him. <laughs> Man, is, is he related to Steve Starham by chance? Because that was the <laughs> last time I heard. There was okay, real real quick, just so this makes sense. Also, uh, back back in like I don't know, ten years ago, I ran a independent wrestling company, and uh, yeah. we booked this guy. And after his match was over, he was probably like forty five years old. And after his match was over, he just like took off his gear and was just sitting in the hallway in his tidy whities and nobody knew what was going on. And we had this guy named Tony Taylor there and he's like, TV Tony Taylor. And he's like screaming at this dude. Nobody knows what's wrong with this guy. And he like kicks open one of the locker rooms and jumps and does like a 180 and like lands on top of a table and then runs out of the room holding his suitcase, which is what this made me think of. And then halfway down the hallway, he just stops and sits on the floor and doesn't move for like twenty minutes. Nobody knew what the hell happened, and so like we started like all locking ourselves in like the clo- like in the, the locker rooms away from this dude. But 
Last time I heard some old guy getting hit in the head and running around with a suitcase it was one of the most yeah. fearful days of my life. That's that's my <laughs> rant. I apologize for jumping in there. No, no it's oh. okay. Yeah, it was pretty much like that. Just he, you know, he fought El Nino, and after that, he was walking around with his suitcase. So you, can, you like with with one thing you can say right now is you can say that you probably more than likely have retired one of the greatest journeymen of all time in boxing. Well, yeah, I didn't even know that he, you know, that I was his last fight. But now that I think of it, you know, it's been a whole year and a half almost. And that guy was fighting all the time. He was fighting fighting all the time. He's still, he's still going down some journey with a suitcase in his hand, not knowing what his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Who was, who was the last guy that beat me? I can't remember. I just felt like it was maybe like a hurricane or something. <laughs> He's just yeah. uttering El Nino. El Nino. Yeah. <laughs> Has nightmares still of me and stuff. God, it's the greatest story I've heard in weeks. Yeah. It should, anyway, it should be a great story that some guy was beaten into a, a obligatory coma while walking. I, I should just clarify that, um, that I don't mean that as a bad thing, but... Yes, that is yeah. extremely hilarious. <laughs> maybe he's still, yeah. maybe maybe he's still, maybe he's still searching for his greyhound, yeah. or, the, or the or the or the bus back home or something. Yeah. <laughs> or hey, Yes. So, hundred uh, percent appreciate you jumping on here with us. Uh, go ahead and plug everything you got: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website, the whole nine yards, how people can can see the photos, read read all the details, the whole nine yards. Yeah, um, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Celso Ramirez, or follow me on uh, Facebook, Celso Ramirez, as well. You know, I'll keep keep you guys updated when I fight, you know, fight day coming soon, what, how I do and stuff like that. You know, stuff I do for training, some of it, you know. Don't want to tell all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys can follow me on both social medias. Yeah. Nice. Well, we are going to definitely, we're going to try and definitely have you on again before like you're close to like when your next fight is. So you can kind of talk about that and break it down. So thank you for coming on. So, so have a great night. Thank you, Elijah. You too. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Got to get to bed because I got to get over run tomorrow morning. (laughs) Never, never sleep. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Celso. Thank you. Have a good night. As I was Celso Ramirez putting people into walking comas. Uh, I just hung up on Jordan, by the way. I'm sorry, Jordan. He was listening and uh, didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Man, because I I can't believe that he's like, yeah, he was just walking around the arena with his suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) But that that Martez Logan... (laughs) That dude, that dude was fighting all the time. Like he was fighting all the time. He was, like I said, he was like the like one of the like journeymen of his time. He was fighting all the time. He, you know, the first time I ever watched him fight, I believe it was against Edner Cherry. Maybe I can't remember, but um, I mean, he's been in there with like, I think he's been in there with um, Spence and. He's been there with a lot of big guys, and like I said, he's one of those guys that is pretty much paid to lose. Yeah, he's 26 and 70. Jeez. And Celso was his last fight 
TKO. But uh, he's been in there with Regis Prograis. Um, let's see here. Ronald Hearns, who, like, was decent for a little bit. Keith Thurman. Um, Anthony Peterson. Emmanuel Augustus Lamont Peterson. He's been in there with a lot of guys. Vivian Harris, when Vivian Harris was good. Paul Williams, Mike Arenadis, Joshua Clotty. Like, he's gotten around. I think Clotty beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. Steve Forbes. He fought Steve Forbes. And oh, my gosh. Into re- he put two sweet into retirement. <laughs> What's his biggest win? Let's see here. I don't think he's beat anybody of note. That's the best answer you could have gave. Jordan, uh, Jordan, I didn't mean to hang up on you, brother. Hey. Hey, I'm trying to listen on the, on the, on the Vox line and, and, and things are going good. Next thing I know, my man's about to go out for a run, and then I get hit with something out of nowhere. I don't even know where I am anymore, and, and suddenly I'm looking for my suitcase. What the hell? <laughs> All right, well, that, Jordan, Jordan's a little out of control, so we're going to just put him back on mute here. Thank you, Jordan, for uh, dropping in on that. Uh, I hope you find your suitcase. <laughs> in, 2000, in 2005, Martez Logan did beat a guy that was 23-0 at the time named Americo Santos, and I think that was probably his biggest victory. So, I mean, he did beat an undefeated fighter at one point, but. <laughs> well, let's hit you at our next break here. We got some fights to talk about. We got some news and rumors to talk about. We got a whole bunch of good eats. And uh, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go do something real fast during a commercial break. <laughs> Back in a couple minutes. Stay the eight count. Hit the button. Pure late night hip-hop and R&B podcast. Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B. And hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. <laughs> But if you trust me, the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my power. Check my feet when I'm walking. I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is 
He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jistra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, basketball, survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Here we go. Here we go. Yo, a day in the life of a plan ain't quick. I'm just a stubborn kind of fellow with a head like a brick. And just because I think that hey, they say that I'm hopeless, but I don't really care, so blame it on the Sing it, Elijah. Tonight is the night. Tonight, tonight is the night. Classic. <laughs> Me and Jordan do that on Tuesdays, and he came in last week singing uh, "In Sync." It's gonna be me. That was tight. And then Man, the episode I'm, got deleted. I'm too gangster for for In Sync. <laughs> In Sync. You know, you know that song is old because it sounds like crap when you download the MP3 of it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad song. I just mean you can tell how old it is. By the, the sound quality. quality is not. The sound quality is not the greatest. It sounds like a like a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boxing over the weekend, we saw some great fights. Uh, where do you want to start here, Elijah? I'm I'm fine starting wherever you you want to start at. Um, I'm watching, kind of watching the spike like the. Um, Undercard for the Ryan Garcia fights. Um, just finished up with a couple women fighters. Fight was stopped because one of the women had like a nasty cut. But um, I watched Triple G. Then I watched the Breakhaz uh, Reyes fight. Let's Arie go to fight. Okay. Uh, we saw Cecilia Breakus defeat Callie Reese. Uh, it was kind of slow starting, I thought. But once we got past about the fifth round when Callie Reese started just going hard, I got really into this fight. Oh, it was a great fight after that point. I think the knockdown kind of made, like, kind of both made them both realize, like, they, they got to start fighting. So the action definitely picked up around that time. Um, or, like, after the fifth or whatever. But it was it was a great fight after that. Um I had it a lot closer than than most than the judges had it. I pretty much had it coming down to uh, Breakus winning the the tenth round to win the fight. Like it was that close for me. Like I had it pretty much even in the tenth round. So. So you had it. Did you, so you had it. What did you ever win? Six four. It, with the te- I had one. I had it pretty much. Let's see here. One two three four. I had it four, one, two, three, four. I had like Reyes win uh, four, and then I had Breakus win six. So, so or no, so yeah, the that's... ten eight. The t- the ten eight is what kept kept uh, Reyes in the fight more. I think. 
I'm so bad at scoring yeah. fights. Like, no, that's, that's okay. That's so you you actually had it. You had it the same as the judges, ninety six, ninety three. That's the way I had it too. Okay. Um, it was six six four. If it wasn't for the knockdown, it would have been ninety six, ninety four. Reyes takes one of the rounds. You got a ninety five all draw. So no, you had it exactly the same actually as the scorecard. Ninety six, okay. ninety three. That's the way I. I had I had Breakus winning the first five rounds. I had Reyes taking the next four, and then I had Breakus taking the tenth to to kind of solidify it. Because I was in my head, I'm going if Reyes takes this tenth round, if she manages to to sneak one of those first five rounds, she's going to win this fight. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, Kellerman talked about it very, you know, in a very important way at the beginning that uh, that Reyes takes too long to get started. And yeah, it was you know, evident with the way she um she she took way too long to get her punches rolling to get things going, and then you know finally once that midway point split it was almost like Jonathan Jonathan Banks or Brooks or whatever I can't remember what his name is you know basically you need you need to snap out of this and you need to start and she did and she put a lot of power shots on and then got that one drop and and I mean mind you it was a very quick knee so you know. It was an off-balance drop. I don't think it really did a ton, but it did enough that you get the point. But, you yeah. know, if, if she would have just started a little bit sooner, she might have took that fight. I, I honestly, I gave the first two rounds to Ray's. And because they, uh, they were close to me, but I just kind of thought Ray's went, Ray's went the, won the first two rounds in the close rounds, but I gave him the two. And then I gave Brackus like four then I gave Reyes three, and then I gave uh, Brackus the last round. So, yeah. So I mean, you, you know, it was it was tough. It was it was close fights. Everything scored yeah. well. I mean, just, if she would have, you know, she would have just started right away. She might have won. It would would have changed that whole fight. Yeah, because because she was landing the better shots throughout most of the fight. Yeah. It just she she just kind of hung tight and didn't do a lot. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I love Kellerman asking uh, uh, Brakus, you know, who do you want next? Do you want to go down to Katie Taylor? Do you want to go up to Clarissa Shields? And she's like, the rematch. Let's have the yeah. rematch. What do you think? Cool. Rematch is cool, but there's reason Kellerman's staying there smiling at you because you're not answering the question. So I, what I'm wondering is, was this just – I mean, she obviously had jitters at the beginning of the interview probably because of the situation. She was excited. I get that. Do you think that's just her just not paying attention and just overwhelmed and saying rematch, or do you think she was trying to ignore the question because of her performance? You know, I don't know. Maybe I think I think maybe it's just jitters because they were talking about the beginning of the fight that she said that she would prefer to go to go up to fight like Shields. Shields versus going down to fight Taylor because she felt like that she'd be able to put on weight easier versus trying to lose weight. So I think maybe it's just more of kind of being in a tough fight, you know, having jitters after having such a big win on, like, you know, the first, like, televised, like, women's HBO, like, on an undercard of an HBO show. So I think it was more just her kind of, like, being excited and, like, being in the moment and being like, yeah, this is such a good fight. I'll give this woman a rematch, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't kind of... I... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's I was just agreeing with you. Okay. Yeah, I that's that's how I feel about it. So um you know, I will say too, her 
her parents sitting in the crowd looked like me when Okada wrestled Tanahashi the other day at Dundaku. Oh man, like, they were like they were like <laughs> cuddling each other like like they were in uh, a situation like a life or death situation like like a meteor is about to hit the earth and like they're on their last moments of the earth like together like oh my god what we, I love you I'm so nervous and oh they made note of it they made note of it where where she's from boxing has been illegal at yeah. times or before so you know I think they just it's kind of barbaric to them probably and they just get really nervous about their daughter being like having punches thrown at her and someone like trying to come at her and like knock her out, you know? So I, I think they're just naturally just, it makes them really nervous. The mom was tripping, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But you know, it, it, they were into it. I'll give them that, you know, um, real quick. Let me grab this. I know Jordan found a suitcase and wanted to say something about the fight. Yeah, no, going into what you guys both said, uh, started slow, uh, definitely a very entertaining fight. Uh, I, you know, I, I got excited when he did ask her about the uh, the match options coming up, and uh, I remember him saying about possibly going up to Shields. I think it's good. She's definitely got uh, she's definitely got some good uh, fundamentals as far as being able to box goes, as far as being a boxer goes. And uh, that'd be a, a really interesting matchup to see. I also do like the idea of a rematch between the two because it was a hell of a match once, uh, again, once, once uh, Rams started getting the, the, the hits in. Um, the parents aspect, you know, again, she's, uh, you know, she's adopted. So it's, uh, it's something where, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, their, their love is deep. Uh, very cool for the parents to show up, support her in the, uh, and obviously a, a fighting thing where, you know, like Elijah said, where it's, it's, uh, it's not, not legal. I don't think it's necessarily like, uh, like they just don't do combat sports similar to how some places don't have boxing commissions. Um, but yeah, it was an awesome fight. I was really entertained. Uh, shout outs to women boxing being on the rise. Uh, remember Chris Shields does fight next month. We'll be definitely be talking about that here on obviously your standing eight count. <laughs> yeah, actually, Kellerman. Kellerman actually said Thanks, that. It, Kellerman said that as actually boxing has been banned before, like where she's from. So yeah, what, what they ended up it. doing was they, uh, the Norway Commission actually because of like an outcry of of having her fight in front of her hometown, like raised the ban so that way she could fight in front of the like they fought. She fought in front of like ten, fifteen thousand people, and uh, which is crazy. That you know, yeah. you don't you, you, that you don't hear those numbers for female boxing. No, uh, so it shows a lot into that. Uh, obviously, main event. I don't know <laughs> if there's a lot to say. <laughs> um, it was nice around. seeing it again. <laughs> did, did did you give him? Did you give uh, Marty Rosen the first? Yeah, I did. Um. Yeah, Gennady didn't like you for that one as he punished Martin Rosen in the second. Well, oh my God! Definitely, definitely, he looked he looked a lot he looked a lot a lot more loose and like fluid and ready to go in the in the second round. The first round he looked kind of tight and just like he was pressing or something. You know what I mean? Like says he'll uh, he's just gonna you know round one he just hangs out and. Sees how hard you're gonna hit him, and then once round two starts, it's all business, Max. It's all business, Max. <laughs> yeah. 
my God. He, Venice Motorosa went on record and said that I, I've never been punched harder in my entire life. Yeah, no. And <laughs> that last, that last uh, flurry, that triple, the like last like six or seven punches that landed for Triple G, that pretty much ultimately made the fight end, were like just bomb, like on point, just bombs. Like, just accurate and just right on the money. I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't believe he's not, like, out cold right now. The la- that last, like, that last big hook that he hit him with. Yep. He's, I can't believe he, was, he wasn't, like, just out before he hit the ground. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. Like, and, and that uppercut, too, to kind of get it started. Yeah. Like, you, oh. That, he hit that that was that was where I was kind of like I was laying there incapacitated all weekend here and dying on my literally I was on my deathbed it felt like but I, I managed to keep that one eye open watching this uppercut going oh my god oh my god he's gonna kill this guy <laughs> and then he just starts throwing a barrage of hooks and those that triple jab he hit him with he's setting it up yeah I mean, once again this dude's landing double-digit jabs every round. He landed more jabs than uh, Marta Rosen landed punches. I mean, it was... Ten jabs a round. He almost landed more jabs in the first round than Marta Rosen landed. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous how this guy's output he does. And that's part of the reason, like, I know Jordan said he went first. He agreed with you on it. But, it, you know, first round was, was kind of a stalemate round to me. And I always, I'm always going to go champ when nothing happens, especially when he's landing 10 jabs on the guy. It just, it, it blew me away that he just throws at this. And, and, and it shows that once again, that, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's saying, Oh, maybe he's, maybe he's slumping. Like, I, I understand it was a short notice fight. It's a guy that moved up, but I don't think Marta Rosen's a slouch by any means. No, and, not at all. Uh, you know, Okay, he looked human in his two fights before that. It's because he fought the number two and number three ranked guy in the division. What 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 do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Like he he knocks Jacobs down right away, and then put himself in a situation to win the fight via points. Jacobs looked really good and deserving, obviously, of a rematch because of that. But Triple D Triple G did what a champion should do. He was in the situation with a guy who he knew could present problems. He put him down quick and wrote out the victory. I, give, I take nothing away from him for doing that. And the Canelo fight, we all have said that we thought he won. And everyone's like, oh, well, he didn't knock him out. That's because you could argue that Canelo's one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world anyway. So he's not, you know, yeah. just not going to go knock that guy out. It doesn't work that way, people. It's, it's not like he's fighting Dominic Wade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not... Martin Murray again, you know, it's it's not like it's not like the Macklin squirm on the ground. It's it's you know he's fighting the biggest draw in boxing and he beats the hell out of him and gets screwed on a decision. So yeah, people are acting like they're in such a shock. No, this is this is a a elite fighter who arguably, you know, we've had on our we've had number one on our pound for pound list since the last time we did it, and this is why. He's a dominant fighter who will put you down. And mm-hmm. how dangerous he is. He showed how hungry he is. And he went in there, did not respect Marta Rosen's power, and he made him pay for it. Mm-hmm. it it's, 
the exact thing. And, you know, once again, not chiming on the glove can, or the Canelo thing, the difference is Canelo is one of the best defensive fighters going. That's the only reason he didn't land his cleaner shots, but he still rocked the hell out of them to the point that Canelo didn't want none until the end when he basically had no choice but to try to fight. Yeah. So, yeah, I... No, reason, no, this is not, not to keep going, but this is no... This is no shock to me. I was expecting a destruction, and I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah, I thought the fight was going to go five rounds tops. I mean, that's like tops. And after the first round, I was kind of like, oh, we might have a little bit of a fight here just because Martin Rosen did hit him, hit him with some good right hands, and mm-hmm. Martin Rosen looked, like, didn't look scared. And I'm like, oh, we might have a decent fight here. And then Golovkin kind of woke up and didn't seem like he was super tense the next round and kind of tasted what Marta Rosen had and just went in for the kill. <laughs> Do you now, obviously Sergey Derevyanchenko August 3rd is the IBF mandatory. They're filing a second appeal. Um, you know, a lot of people don't think it's going to be allowed. Somebody in an article said, you know, he should fight Derevyanchenko August 3rd. And if he's able to dismantle him in two rounds like he did Marta Rosen, there's no reason he can't come back and fight against Canelo on September 15th. Do you think that's just an egregious statement? I I don't know if it's egregious. It's definitely probably highly unlikely. But I don't I don't think it's an egregious statement just because, you know, if he's in another two round fight where he hasn't where he doesn't take in, you know. A, a ton of punishment, he can probably go back, rest a week or so, and continue to train, you know, whereas if he fights Drevinchenko and, and the fight turns out to be tougher than it is, you know, which there is always that chance that, it, that it's going to be, then that kind of screws everything up for his training because then he has to take more time off. And so I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's an egregious statement, but I think it's very, like, highly unlikely that it happens and just very just kind of wishful thinking and probably too high of expectations for what's really going to happen. Yeah. I, I think that's a good statement. If, and I think, you know, if, if Derevi and Chenko's ready, if I'm gloved, can I go, dude, let's fight end of June. Let's just go do it now. Yeah. Cause I didn't have any wear and tear. I'm already in yeah. shape. You know, I can chill for a week and get right back into a camp and have no problem doing it. And, you know, I mean, I, I get Drevianchenko on three weeks' notice. That is a risky fight. That is a guy who could who could drag him into deeper rounds, and it could be a slugfest. I don't know if Drevianchenko beats him, but it's the same thing we said before. That that might be his toughest opponent. You know, as, as fun as it would be for Charlo, Jacobs, you know, Saunders, all those guys. Drevianchenko is that guy that nobody talks about. That's the most dangerous thing. Yeah. So I, that really hinges on what you do with it. Um. Obviously, Canelo's the money fight. That's that's kind of what he wants, I think, because you know he went from, you know, something. What are they? I don't even remember how much he said, twenty-five million or something. To he made a million against Marta Rosen. Yeah. So big drop in pay, but you know, I guess it's a matter of, do you want to keep the titles or do you want the payday? Yeah, and that's that's a big thing. I mean, what do you, what do you do? Do you another thing too is, do you wait? Do you continue to wait? longer to fight a dangerous opponent like Canelo. Like mm-hmm. I could see I could see this fight not even happening again 
or not happening till like way down the line. You know, I think possibly, you know, there's other guys that he could fight, probably not for as big of money, but other guys that make more sense and like won't throw his like schedule off and stuff that I think that he could fight, you know, instead of Canelo and not even force this Canelo fight now and probably wait till they're more both are ready like to ha- like almost like a Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao thing you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just this whole like failed test suspension thing has really really put a wrench into like the plans for this for the second fight happening and I know too uh, Golovkin said he doesn't even know if he wants the second fight because he's he's so upset about the you know about the cheating scandal and I, you know, that's the one thing too that I think makes it hard is you get some people who go, heck yeah, he's he's got a right, he doesn't want to do it. But then there's the there's the people who are saying it, and I don't agree with it, but I can't discredit their opinion on it that he just doesn't want to do the fight again, and this is an easy way to not take the fight. Which I don't like. I, that, said, I don't agree. Go ahead. I was going to say like I don't. I was going to say I agree with you. Like I don't. It could be, but I don't believe it. You know what I mean? But it could be, mm-hmm. but I, in my, like, I don't believe that that's the case. I just think it's more of just a frustration of the fight not happening and then just, like, just screwing everything up and him having to, like, change his plans around. And it almost feels like he's, like, catering to probably their – catering to them to, like, make this fight happen again. You know what I mean? Where he's got to kind of worry about himself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's when, that's when you know it. It's it's the same boat where I just don't think it is. It is him not wanting to take it. What, what scares me too is now they keep delaying this. You know, I, what, what do you what do you say? A boxer hits their prime, late twenties, early thirties, kind of like an NBA player. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah. Canelo's 27, so if that's the case, he's getting into his prime. Golovkin's leaving his prime. If this thing gets dragged out, I don't want to see Canelo go in there and knock out Golovkin, and then, we told you he was going to beat him, and then we got to hear that spiel. Yeah. You know, because the, the, the difference, the, the slight difference between, well, not even slight, the, the big difference between the Floyd Manny thing is these guys are, you know, a generation apart. Yeah. You know, and that's what scares me about this is Golovkin, I don't think, is going to get any better. I think, you know, I think he's in the LeBron realm where he may be the top guy, but he's just going to plateau there and stay as the top guy, but he's not going to continue to improve. Whereas Canelo, I think, is just going to get better. Man, I was was about to mention LeBron's name. Like, I don't know, man. I think LeBron might be, like, might be at his might be at his best, like, right now. Mm-hmm. No, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, like I, I think he is at his best. I don't know if he can get better than this. It's crazy to think, too, that mm-hmm. all the seasons he's been in the NBA, not to talk about LeBron James, but all the seasons he's been in the NBA and he's, like, 15 in or whatever now are, like, he might be he might be at his best right now when he's, like, well, starting think to get this. old. <laughs> what is, well, how old is he, 33? I, I can't remember. I know it's like low to mid thirties. Because I mean, he We're came most... in at eight. If he came in in two thousand four, 
you know, I would think that, but you know, but that's 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 would would um like, but that's that's my point. Like, you know, you look at you look at LeBron how how fantastic he is now, and how great he's playing. You know, it's like, can he improve on this? Yeah, he's thirty three. That's what I thought. Um, you know, so people don't seem to realize that with LeBron, you know, people say twenty eight to thirty two, thirty three is their prime. Yeah, that's how he is. You know what I mean? So you know, people think he's so much older. No, he's he's just leaving his prime, or you know, finally getting to his prime. It's like it's like Kazuchika Okada. Like his body could get... be his body could be older though. You know what I mean? Because he's played a lot of minutes. He plays like all care of himself. all year, huh? He takes care of himself. He does. That's but... that's a huge difference. And hey, I'll tell you what, man. Not to keep talking bo- basketball, but the, you know that 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 Pacers game. He finally did what I wanted to see him do. He called for that ball. He got to the top of the key. He yoked that three, and he he boisted and bragged about it as he deserved to. And I said, "Bravo, MFR. That is what I wanted to see." Come wow. to the Lakers. <laughs> like like, did you call Kobe and say Kobe? Watch what I'm about to do, and then he starts yoking with it. Like, oh, oh man, I, my loins is kicking, my bridges is shaking. You're gonna be he's, if he goes to the Lakers, man. He's gonna be he's gonna be your favorite player ever. Two LeBron jerseys before August. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you, but you know what I mean? Like like honestly, you know, going with the LeBron thing though. Like Golovkin's Golovkin. We don't know. If he can supersede where he is, where yeah. you know, perfect NBA reference, Canelo's like Giannis, like he's just going to get better. And at some point, I don't want to see Golovkin go in there with a guy who's, you know, got got nine years on him in age. Yeah, no, and that's it's just it's that's why this is so messed up because it's like, you know do I rush to fight this guy and take another fight so I can keep my belts and then fight Canelo after, after Derevianchenko, like, and try and do it right away, you know, or do I take some more fights and wait to fight Canelo? And when I'm older, it's just, it's, God, it's like one of those things, like, what do you do? Because it's either route's going to be dangerous. Either, either route's like dangerous or it's just, in, put yourself in a bad situation. Here's here's an idea I have. Now, De La Hoya said Canelo will fight in September and December. He's fighting twice before the year's over. Okay. You fight Chinchenko in August. What if Canelo fought Billy Joe Saunders, and then Canelo and Golovkin fought in December, especially if Canelo beats Saunders and Golovkin beats Trevianchenko? Now you can unify to end the year. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I just, man, Saunders is. I think if the Saunders that showed up against David Lemieux oh. shows up against Canelo, that's a dangerous fight for Canelo. Yeah, like, Billy. You know what Billy Joe Saunders remind me of when we were talking about when we were ranking the heavyweights. He reminds uh, me of uh, Parker. Where after the fight, we're like, well, damn, I didn't know that was gonna happen. After the Parker Joshua fight, like that's what Billy Joe yeah. Saunders reminds you of. We talk these middleweights, and we're like, eh, and then there's Saunders, and then it's like, wait a minute, why did Saunders become a badass? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, especially just the the style that Saunders fights too is just 
not the greatest matchup for Canelo in my in my mind. So, I mean, eh, that's just that's dangerous. Like, if if I'm Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy, I'm like Triple G. You can go fight Billy Joe Saunders before before <laughs> we fight again. Like, just because of the matchup is just I don't know. I don't think it's a good matchup for Canelo. I don't necessarily <laughs> say that Saunders is better, but just the size and the style and the athletic ability difference. I just I think Saunders has those advantages. This is exactly what it reminds me of. Is Golovkin Drevianchenko is Joshua Parker and Canelo Saunders is Wilder Ortiz. Where Ooh. could you know, there could be one roadblock stopping each guy from fighting each other and they're they're both gonna be put in fights where it could be more dangerous than you think. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what it reminds me of is that whole heavyweight strong issue that we just ran into. Yeah, definitely. Um, Canelo, also, don't fail any more tests. Yeah, so there was there was a few um, a few websites that I saw um, that they were calling him Clanello. Whoa, that's kind of harsh. I mean, even, like you know, I'm not you know I'm not the biggest Canelo fan. And yeah. I don't know if the guy like blatantly cheated. I can't. I'm not going to say that he blatantly cheated because, I mean, other athletes have gotten popped for like tainted beef in Mexico. So I mean, I I can't say Canelo is like dirty on purpose, and I and I'm just like man. And now, like everyone's just low, the low blows are coming, and I'm not even participating in them. So, you know what I think it is too is is obviously one. I think because you know we've we've taken to a really good like like open mind as as opposed to bias on the show, and I think also having other boxers on that that have defended them. I think, and just in general, and and like you mentioned, the people beating on them. I think that is a huge swing of things where it's like, all right. Maybe people are a little rough on this guy. Like maybe he, you know, maybe maybe we all need to tranquilo a little bit with this because he's, come on, you know, he he's forty nine fights and it's never happened before and he's the guy who wants the hardest testing. Yeah. But I was I was like, dang man, they called him Clanello. Yeah, that 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 that's rough. <laughs> be bolder. I was waiting for it. Um, one fight I want to talk about. Uh, if anyone wants to see it, it's on YouTube uh, as a Friday. Uh, over in Thailand, Wan Hang Manyothan defeated Leroy Estrada to go 50-0 and 0 in his career. He's 32 years old. He is the top 105-pound strawweight fighter. And I'm saying this to everybody now, just like I did with Naoya Inoue. Wan Hang Manyothan is the real deal. This guy is one of the slickest counter punches I've seen. He punches like a he punches like a featherweight. He's not he does not punch like a straw weight. This guy is vicious. He put down Estrada twice in the third, twice in the fourth, and finally in the fifth, Joe Nady just was like or Jeff Nady, whatever his name is, the rep, was like, All right, that's enough. This guy doesn't need anymore. He hit him so hard at one point during one of the rounds, the dude did like a 180 and landed on his side on the canvas and didn't move. It looked like he took a super kick. 
oh, and he was wow. selling it. And like after about four or five, he started like making his way up to his knees. Like it, it was brutal. And the first round, Estrada came out swinging. Like he was, he did the Monterey and like I'm gonna try to take it to this cat. And round two hit, and Manny Othin was like, "All right, um, that's enough of this." And it was, it was a beating, guys. Once again, Ron Hang Manny Othin versus Leroy Estrada was from Wednesday. Manny Othin goes to fifty and all. Watch that fight. I just was watching a little bit of that highlight video you sent me on YouTube, and. Dude's got some some fast hands, and <laughs> and he does have some impressive counter punching. Gosh, he he's making these guys look like just just like like sparring partners. And Estrada, you know, he came in, he came in. I thought ready to ready to make some damage happen, and. I tell you what, man, it it didn't it didn't do anything to him. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely have to get that up uh, so people can see it. We'll try to get it up on the uh, the standing account page. I'll see if I can get it out on the Twitter too. I'll uh, I'll dig that out. But yeah, guys, definitely check out that fight. Um, the ESPN fights, I blanked. I didn't see them. Uh, what's your take on what you've seen so far with these? Well, the women's fight was pretty entertaining until uh, Cut ended it. I forgot the two, the name of the two women, but that was a good fight. Um, Spike O'Sullivan destroyed uh, Abreu. Like, Abreu didn't even look like he really, like, came to fight. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was very, it was a lot like the Antoine Douglas fight, but at least Antoine Douglas, like, actually was competitive in the fight for a little bit and kind of did put up a fight. And probably lost more just because he was fighting stupidly. But Abreu just <laughs> got from like the gangs of New York or whatever. Yeah, but but Abreu just just was there to get beat up essentially. I believe <laughs> I bl- I believe they stopped the fight in like a third or fourth round. And I'm watching the Garcia Velez fight right now, and it's a good fight. Uh, Velez is like really came to fight, and he's kind of. He's kind of making it a fight of it. I mean, Garcia's winning, but Velez is tough, and he's kind of trying to rough him up a little bit, and he keeps coming forward, and Garcia's countering a lot and kind of fighting on the outside and using his hand speed and stuff, but it's a good fight so far, really good fight. Um, obviously, I do want to ask you about this, so spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is it Ryan Garcia? Yeah, he gets the victory, I've, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he's ready yet. I don't think he's strong enough. I don't either. I think Davis, if he fights Davis right now, Davis would like, would walk. If if the Davis that showed up last fight shows up to fight uh, Garcia, I think he would walk through Garcia and probably beat him fairly easily just because I just, I don't see the strength and I don't see Garcia being able to keep a, as a guy as strong as Tank and as skilled as Tank off of him at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, we watched the we we saw King Rai. Uh, he was at the the Vegas fight that we went to before the Canelo Golovkin last September, and he finished the dude with like three knocked him down twice with like three punches, uh, and and 
totally decimated this guy. This guy, though, was nothing special. Um, yeah, I look. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm right there with you. If if Ryan Garcia couldn't put away Jason Velez, and Giovanna Davis is going to fight like he did in the last time he fought, I don't know if Garcia makes it to the decision. Yeah, it's Garcia needs a little more seasoning and just needs to get stronger and stuff. Like I said, yeah, I, I, I fight. Love a couple more fights for him first. Yeah. And he still looks um, like a kid, man. Like, he looks like a 15-year-old out there boxing right now. <laughs> yeah. That's what scares me. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's set this up here. Uh, Jordan wanted to jump in on the Garcia talk. Jordan. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, mentioning uh, definitely echoing both of what you said. Uh, I don't think if he steps in with Davis that he, he ends up too well. I feel like he uh, he definitely walks uh, with that chin a little too low uh, as far as his mouth being wide open to take a couple of those shots and not something you want to do against somebody like Davis. Um, one thing that I will say is obviously prior to this fight, I know we obviously, like Ryan said, we got to witness him in Vegas, get one of those uh, TKOs or rather KOs. Um, he didn't get a lot of rounds. You know, uh, however, in the last uh, fight, four fights since then, including this one, uh, he goes uh, 10 for 10 uh, on a unanimous decision. He goes eight rounds against uh, no Martinez Rayoga, uh, Regoza rather. And then uh, he goes three rounds against Cesar Allen uh, Valenzuela, still getting, uh, you know, a TKO out of the deal. So, I mean, he's a guy that goes for the knockout, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it's something where he's trying to get those rounds underneath his belt because prior to that, he was not going deep. In fact, uh, those eight, these are the first, uh, uh, you know, the first round, first ones where he's gone more than, uh, you know, more than four rounds. I mean, even the, the, his four round fights, he's only had one that went, uh, went the all four. He didn't have any that went that way when he's going six rounds, these eight round where the eight rounders, he had one where he got the distance and the 10 round, uh, same situation, one that went the distance. So, uh, I think it's something where they're trying to test his endurance. I'm not putting him in Gennady's uh, situation where he just needed to show that he can go some rounds, but I think he's getting to that point where he can definitely outclass these opponents. Um, he did put uh shout out to Fernando Vargas for getting knocked out in uh, like 40 seconds or whatever it was, uh, let's see, uh, earlier in March also. Uh, it's kind of crazy that this kid just fought literally on the 22nd of March, uh, only to fight again on the 5th of, uh, on the 5th of May. <laughs> that is, what, what's that? Did you say he fought Fernando Valenzuela? Uh, uh, he fought Fernando Vargas and then uh, Cesar Allen Valenz- uh, Valenzuela. Oh, I just wanted to hear you say Valenzuela again. Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I love the kid. Yeah, he definitely, uh, he definitely does look like uh, kind of like a, a super grown Chucky doll. Um, he did come in. Uh, <laughs> both fighters came in over slightly overweight. I think point two and point four pounds. They had to go thirty minutes to try and uh, maybe get that extra uh, little water weight out. Maybe somebody didn't go pee. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a fun fight from all, everything that I've read and uh, partially seen. We like hearing. I, I just wanted to hear him say Valenzuela again. Balenzuela. There was a, a Tony Ballou, David Hay undercard. This, is this not the biggest EA uh, random generated uh, fighter name fight? We had a guy named Mark Kramer Stodter take on Money Powell the Fourth. Money Powell. Yeah, Money Powell IV against Mark Kramer Stodter. Like money as in dollar sign? Yeah. M-O-N-E-Y-P-O-W-E-L-L, the fourth. Wow. <laughs> Weird. 
<laughs> is that not like the most made up versus versus fight ever? That's the man. Maybe he changed his name to Money. I, I want to see. Hopefully, he was wearing green trucks. The green trunks, hopefully. Green trunks. We'll have to use the Google on him. Money Powell the fourth versus CP Freshmart. <laughs> uh, Tony Blue knocks out David Hay and says he should retire. Um, I wish I would have seen that fight just because I kind of like Tony Blue. He's a fun he guy. Was, He's a fun guy to watch. But, in the fifth round, ends the fight. Says he wants a big money fight for his next fight, and he calls out Andre Ward. <laughs> Ooh, man. Uh, Can Andre comes, Ward move up to heavyweight? Uh, it might be a light heavyweight fight, too. Okay. They, they, oh, they did fight at heavyweight, actually. So, But realistically, Andre Ward has no reason to take that fight. No, he doesn't. The only reason why he'd take it is because someone called him out. But, like, yeah. realistically, there's no reason for him to take it. Tony Ballou is just probably looking for a big fight because Joshua and uh, Wilder really aren't on his radar at this point. So, and I mean, I don't know when Tyson Fury – I don't know when Tyson Fury's coming back. Maybe, maybe that could be he's a fight for Ballou. He's going to fight who, five times this year? That's what he said. Oh God. Do you got do you got the Lermy Tunsil? <laughs> yes I do. Yes I do. Here you go. Great call by the way. You got the Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> <laughs> five God. times. Five times, yeah. seriously. <laughs> it was okay, something Tyson. like July, August. September, November, and December, or something like that. He's gonna fight like Bart Gunn and and Wade Barrett. And... <laughs> I'm gonna die. Hold on, muting. <laughs> guys that he knows that he can beat up right away in like ten seconds. Oh boy, I'm back. I was, I my I thought I was gonna throw up. Were uh, you laughing, or was I making you yeah. laugh when I said Wade Barrett, Wade Barrett, and Bart Gunn? I, I was. I was here. We go. I, I'm finding this article. Tyson Fury targeting an incredibly busy 2018 comeback. Uh, former champion makes his return on June 9th against an opponent who revealed on Wednesday. Um, very busy. The busiest heavyweight of all champions to date. I'm going to have four or five fights this year, maybe six. June, then I'll fight in July, August, September, and October. Well, I can't get enough. I love boxing that much. So he's going to try sure to fight do. June. August, September, yeah, exactly. He loves it so much that he hasn't fought since Klitschko in 2015. And he retired. Like, okay, dude. Like, I know Shannon Briggs would probably fight him. <laughs> Maybe he'll throw water in his face. <laughs> Dudley from Dudley from uh, Super Street Fighter 3 or whatever. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, Tyson Fury is a goof. He's a goof. Nobody wants to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, you know, call me out, Tyson Fury. You know, I don't care. You're a goof. You're a goof. Um, 
before we uh, before we cut to our last break here, let's just look at uh, upcoming fights this weekend. Uh, for those of you who have the advantage of having Bounce TV, we get a uh, Tony the Hitman Harrison against Ishe Smith main event. That could be a decent fight. Also, I'll probably tune into that somehow. Eric on the undercard against Cameron Crail. Uh, not on TV, but could be kind of a fun. Uh, Michael Fox takes on Anthony Mercado. It's an eight-round junior welterweight fight, but it doesn't have any kind of a any kind of a, a TV listing on it. But then May twelfth, uh, next Saturday, we get Jorge Linares defending the WBA lightweight title against Vasil Lomachenko. Man, I I won't be able to watch that fight Saturday night. It's my anniversary oh, you- Saturday night. Oh, tell her that's what you want. But I'll be I'll be watching it. I'll be I'll obviously have it set up for record. I'll be watching it the next day because that's a can't miss fight. Two of my favorite two of my favorite fighters are going at it. It's gonna be dope. Hey, honey, what I want for our anniversary is to watch the Lomachenko fight. Cost you any money? Good luck with that. And, in a, and it may not even be long. <laughs> Maybe not. Your stomach hurts, and you got to go take a poop. And you can watch it on the ESPN Plus app. <laughs> See, I'm I'm smart here. That's what I did. I was at a birthday party when uh, Golovkin fought Curtis Stevens, and we had, we got hotel rooms that night. And I was I I told everyone I had to go to the bathroom, and I ran back to the hotel because it had HBO. And I watched the fight, and they were like, you've been gone for like a half an hour. I was like, yeah, I, I got lost, and then something didn't settle right with me, and then I wanted to get something to drink. And Anyway, I got to watch Curtis Stevens beat, get that ass beat. <laughs> like he saw a ghost. Yeah. Uh, HBO also Woo. that night, we get Saddam Ali against Jaime Mungaya for Ali's WBO junior middleweight. And then fight I'm excited for, Ray Vargas defends the WBC junior featherweight against Azat Hovanesian. That should be a banger of a fight. Uh, Azat Hovanesian, I think, could dethrone Ray Vargas. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, Hovanesian's a guy that I've wanted to see fight, so I'm I'm excited for that fight as well. Dude, look at you getting your pronunciation. Last week you said, what did you say? This week, <laughs> I hate to see Hovanese. That's what I'm talking about. Elijah doing his research. He's getting, man, where's that damn button? I, I, where is it? Where? Is it? There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, also kind of interesting, uh, Nikki Adler is uh, fighting for the WBO Women's Super Middleweight title, vacant, uh, has the, the title. Um, I wonder if that means nothing from Adler versus Shields at this point now. Hmm. Oh, wait. No, Nikki Adler's not the one that was going to fight Shields, was it? It was Christina Hammer. Yeah, Christina Hammer. I just said, if I could rewind it like Prince of Persia, we would just get rid of that. If I had Sands of Time, obviously we don't have the Sands game. <laughs> well, we're going to take our last break here for the evening. Come back, talk some news and rumors before we let you go. Stay in the account. Don't go away. Missing out on an awesome Uh-oh. show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? We got you covered. From WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact. 
Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even talking the Bone Soldiers and Enzo Amores. Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Eight Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's the Standing Eight Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa, call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, 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 he just talked to that girl two hours ago. You gotta let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love gonna be in that bag like, mm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then, after it marinates, no, you're gonna pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it! Say it, Jamie! You Alexa, that's right, I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here. Come on. Video was that that was that what that was? VH1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that show back in the day. They had like the little <laughs> fun factoids about the bands and the videos. Yeah, it was like it was like uh, Alanis Morissette used to ride her bike on Tuesdays barefoot with her brother Gene. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in my official uh, oh, Aaron. topic of the evening, Eddie Hearn, Elijah. I kind of hinted to this earlier. And I, did, I got no spoilers for this because you told me not to, not to read up on it. Matchroom boxing promoter Eddie Hearn has revealed his hopes 
of expanding his U.S. global promotions by making a play to ink the following popular American boxers. Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Whoa. What the heck? Uh, Jermel Charlo, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, Adrian Bronner, and Mikey Garcia. Whoa. It says, Hearn says he wants to dominate the U.S. boxing market as he currently does in the U.K. with his contract with Sky Sports. However, it may prove to be much more difficult for Hearn to do the same thing in the U.S. unless he can get the same kind of exclusive deal with one of the major networks like ESPN, HBO, or Showtime. If Hearn can be the only promoter that has his fighters televised on one or more of those networks, as he does in the U.K. with Sky, then he could possibly become the number one promoter in the States. Hearn is lucky to be the promoter that has gotten an exclusive deal with Sky Sports. Without that deal, it's quite possible that Hearn wouldn't have been able to assemble the stable he's accumulated in the last four years. Getting the same exclusive deal for matchroom boxing in the U.S. could prove to be impossible, though. <laughs> Dude, what do you what, think? About Hearn doing this. This is crazy for one. I mean, he's going up against one of the most powerful men in boxing and Al Heyman for all these guys. Because they're all Heyman guys, aren't they? Yeah, they are. He's going after all he's going after all Heyman's guys. <laughs> like Man, Q Canelo for this one. What Eddie Hearn. <laughs> Where did it go? Where'd it go? Oh man, there it is. <laughs> Dude, is, is is Eddie Hearn drinking Tecate right now? I've I I saw this, and I had no answer whatsoever. Especially like some of these other names, you know. I get like Danny Garcia. Okay, that's a that's a guy who potentially could be, you know. I think his best days are past him. Um, whether I like him or not, I think you know. I think we've seen his best time. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think we've all come to to the point that Adrian Bronner is is just. We know what he's going to be, and he's never going to fulfill his potential. Like he's just yeah. he's he just can't. I don't know what it is, but like so guys like that. I okay. I can kind of get a get an idea with that, but Keith Thurman. Deontay Wilder and Errol Spence? I yeah, mean, Thurman I see... and Wilder are like the staples of the PBC that Heyman yeah. started. I could see him targeting Thurman, though, just because Thurman's been so inactive lately. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe this inactivity is going to cause Thurman and Heyman to, like, think about parting ways because he's just you know, not fighting and there's other fighters that Heyman has that are more active and that could probably start to make bigger names for themselves and, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, like, he's seeing the opportunity to possibly get Keith Thurman on the rebound. But a lot of these other guys, I'm shocked. Like, Wilder? Like, dude, you're... You were... You're, like, screwing up negotiations between your guy and, and Wilder to have the biggest heavyweight fight in the world. And you're, you're kind of like screwing up the negotiations for it. But now that I think about it, he could be going after Wilder because imagine if he landed Wilder and he had Anthony Joshua and Wilder, and he was able to promote their fight 
Yeah. And now I just, I don't know what, like, here's why I don't know what to think of this. Like, you know, if you're Deontay Wilder, are you just going, you know, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm literally baffled by this. Like, is it, is it, if you're Wilder, it's a smart move because, you know, maybe the purse changes for you exponentially because all three of you guys are sharing the money now? Or is it, yeah. you know, part of my French, a bitch move by Hearn? Man, I, I don't know, man. I just I just know that even though it's like oddball and weird and just kind of out of left field, it could be a smart move by Eddie Hearn if it pays off for him because, like I said, if he gets Wilder to sign and he's able to promote Joshua Wilder himself, you know how much money he's going to make? <laughs> Dude, it it just it's it, it blows my mind that this is a like this is a thing. You know what I mean? And I, maybe this is all just talk just to kind of get his name out there more too and maybe maybe a couple guys to jump ship that aren't like quite as well known as the bigger names. Maybe he's kind of put it out there to let other fighters know like hey, I'm coming here. And I want to promote fighters, so come my way. Maybe it's something like that, too, but I don't know, man. I guess, remember the old saying, like, when you're dating and you, like, shoot your shot? Like, maybe Eddie Hearn's shooting a shot. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. That really could be. So that was, uh, that was one of the things that I thought was extremely, uh, Crazy just to talk about. That's why I was like, I don't want you to hear. I don't want you to say anything because I want you to just hear this. <laughs> it is insane. It is insane, but it's a smart move by Eddie Hearn. Because what's the worst it can do? They'll just say no, and you'll continue mm-hmm. to promote your other guys. Um, now moving on. Mikey Garcia apparently is very close to signing to to Zufa Boxing, Dana White's boxing stable that he is trying to. A crew. What? We know, yeah, we know Dana's got a ton of money. Um, apparently, Zufa is starting a boxing camp, and it sounds like Mikey Garcia might be the first name to join in. Wow! How many times? Like, does this mean next year Mikey Garcia is then going to go with Eddie Hearn? Like, this guy's on a new, has like a new promoter, like weekly. It feels like it's like. He's he's got a new camp more times than big shows went heel or face. His his promotion's been kind of tricky though. I mean that's why he's kind of been inactive, and I think maybe he feels like if he's coming in and he's a fresh face of this like company, and he's their first guy and he's their number one priority, maybe it's better. Maybe it'll work out better for him. You know. Yeah. So. I, if I'm Mikey Garcia, I'd probably jump all over that opportunity just because Dana White's a big name. and He might not be a big name in boxing, but he is a big name, and he's been in the fight game, whether it be MMA, you know, not boxing, but MMA. He's been in the fight game for a long time, and him, be, him being such a high-level fighter, you know, joining this new promotional company, could be could be big for him, so I don't know. I I would do it if I was him, especially with all the problems, the inactivity problems that I've had in the past. So 
Yep. This is like probably like a fresh, fresh start for him. Uh, so speaking of Mikey Garcia, what is really interesting, and once again, I'll always commend Mikey Garcia for him taking any of the fights, but this could be dangerous. July 28th, it looks like it's going to be a unification fight. Mikey Garcia taking on IBF champion Robert Easter Jr. Um, oh, he's not fighting Baranchuk now? It looks like they're fighting July 28th. He's fighting Easter. Wow, I thought Which, he was supposed to be fighting Baranchuk. Yeah, I thought, I thought unless maybe they got Baranchuk to do the uh, um, the Elider Alvarez or whatever and uh, step aside again. Like like Adonis Chikin does, but this, this is this is a scary fight though. If, if I'm Garcia, I just had a war where I didn't look the greatest against Sergey Lipinier. Robert Easter's got an eight inch reach advantage on top of Mikey Garcia. He's five eleven, where Garcia's fought in mostly five three to five six guys. It says, um, and you know one one point that got that got thrown out there is um. Uh, Mikey's a good fighter, but he doesn't handle adversity very well. He's a front-runner type of guy. When Mikey is ahead of a beleaguered opponent, he's at his best. But when his opponents are coming at him and not giving up in fights like Salido and Lipinier, he gets he sometimes gets worried and falls apart mentally. Mikey isn't used to fighting guys that are persistent and powerful. For that reason, if Easter Jr. brings the fight to Garcia, he could beat him. At very least, at very least he'll make Garcia look bad like Lipinier did. Is this a scary fight to just jump into? Yeah, I would I would say so just because Easter's like his size and his reach and his power. I mean, he's a dangerous fighter, and like we definitely weren't thinking uh, Lipinier was a dangerous fighter before Garcia fought him, and look what happened. And I think I think Easter presents more matchup problems than Lipinier does for Garcia. So, yeah, this is definitely a dangerous fight for him. And, and one of those things that I look at, too, is, you know, 100% that uh, that reach advantage. Like, that's not that's not just something that you, you know, oh, hey, this guy's, you know, he's got eight inches on me, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not the same towering, but look at the – Look at that Fundora Owens fight we saw live. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you got a size and you're a skilled fighter, uh, I, my money's still on Garcia. I'm not gonna. I'm yes. not gonna say I wouldn't bet against him, but you know he's gonna have to do a lot if if he comes into this and it, you know it's it's like the Lipinier fight where he gets rattled. You know, Easter's gonna be able to just throw shots from a distance, and Garcia's not gonna be able to do anything about it. So it's a really intriguing fight. I was totally excited to watch Branchuk throw as many punches as hard as he can uh, to see how long he would last. But this is definitely a turn. And, you know, maybe it's because of the unification that they bypassed it. But, wow. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, props to Mike Garcia, though, for taking taking the fights that, kind of get him out of his comfort zone and kind of mm-hmm. like test him. So Hey, it, you know, it's just going to make him better too. That's the, that's the yeah. one thing I like about guys like that who will take the fights is they're just going to get better. Um, speaking of taking fights, we get, we see uh, Sean Porter um, taking on Danny Garcia. Uh, kudos. Keith Thurman doesn't hold the belt hostage, vacates it. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm not liking how injury prone Thurman seems to become here, but you know, once again, Hey, you didn't, you didn't keep this belt hostage. So I appreciate that. But Earl Spence wants the winner. Um, Spence fighting in, in Jerry land against Carlos Oncompo coming up here. What do you think Spence? I'm, I'm sure steamrolls through Oncompo. Yeah. What do you think against Porter or Garcia? I think he'll. I think he'll beat. I think he'll have an easier. I think he has. An, he has an easier time beating Garcia than he does Porter, but I think he 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 beats both guys, and I th- I think it, I think um, I don't think he has a ton of issues with either guy, but I do definitely think Porter has the style to make that fight a little more rough and a little more tumble and probably a, like. Probably hard, harder than the than the Danny Garcia fight. We had we had talked too before that um in the 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 last time Spence fought was the same night as the Lucas Matisse fight on HBO and Matisse outdrew Spence by a couple hundred thousand views, which is incredible to think of, you know, yeah. him him being such a better fighter. Is it a risk fighting? In Jerryland, if you're Errol Spence, after you know averaging 300, 400 thousand views, you know, I mean, the Suleski Jacobs peaked at 847 thousand live views. You know, yeah. Spence barely cracked 400. Um, you know, it's one of the things that we said. Just like you know, for some reason, him and him and Crawford just don't seem to draw the eyes. But is this a is this a risk going to fight in Jerryland? Well, I don't think so. I mean, because if I if I remember correctly, Spence is from Texas. That helps. And um, you know, so he's pretty popular in Texas. If he's from Texas, I'm just checking my facts quick here. You're using the car. Actually, he was. Yeah, he was actually. He was born in New York, so never mind. Um, but I think I, he was born in New York, but I think he, I think he resided, resided in Texas and spent a lot of time like in Texas. So I think he's got a name in Texas and I think fighting in that big of a, that big of a venue is just probably going to sell itself anyways, especially if he can fight a guy like Porter or Garcia, mainly Garcia though, because I think Garcia is like a better trash talker, and probably has more of a following, and people like want to see Garcia fight more than they want to do Porter. So I think if um, Garcia and Spence are matched up, I think in Jerry Land, I think that could be a pre- be a pretty big fight. Okay, now I'm reading this. I believe I was wrong. They're fighting at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, Texas. Okay. I don't believe that's Jerryland, is it? No, it's not. Okay. I just there's a there's a picture of Spence and Uncompo facing off with Cowboys jerseys on with Cowboys cheerleaders. So to me that meant they're fighting in Jerryland. <laughs> my <laughs> my only worry of it was, you know, you know, say that's you know, a hundred thousand seat venue WrestleMania did. You know, if he only does twenty thousand fans, that's got to be a, a blow. You know, yeah. 
with 80,000 empty seats because that's going to feel empty then. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it looks like I'm, I wonder if this is if the Ford Center is kind of one of those things like the like the small room in Madison Square Garden. OK, yeah, it could be. Uh, but I'll, I'll have to do more research. That was my bad on that one for not not coming up hard on that one. Um, well, and for for Spence, he actually considers like DeSoto, DeSoto, Texas is home. So he was okay. born. It says he was born in New York, but he essentially considers himself a Texas person. So that's where I was kind of confused because I was pretty sure that you know he's Texas person and kind of fights out of Texas and yeah. So I was I guess so I was the, right on that. The Ford Center uh, is a twelve thousand seat indoor stadium located in Frisco, Texas, and is home to the Dallas Rattlers of the Major League Lacrosse team. It is also used. Uh, mainly for the Dallas Cowboys practice facility, so that's why okay. that's why Jerry was there for all that. So twelve thousand yeah. seats. I think I think he does ten as a success. Yeah. Um, so that's good. That's that's a lot better. Um, honestly, though, other than that, I don't have a ton. Any other news rumors that you got? Uh, not to make it a short show or anything. I mean, we almost went two hours anyway. But that's yeah. about all I have right now. Yeah, I don't I don't have really anything like. We went over Ryan Garcia wanting to fight um, Gervonta Davis. That was like the one big thing that I w- was going to talk about, but you you mentioned it and you already brought it up. So um, we can we can kind of go over our predictions for the fights on the twelfth, and then kind of call it a show if you want to do that. I'm going Lomachenko, Saddam Ali, and Azat uh, Hovanesian. Okay. I'm going Lomachenko, uh, probably like by stoppage, not necessarily knockout, but stoppage and cuts. Like because is it another Lomachenko? I don't know if it's a Lomachenko, but I I think Lenares <laughs> gets cut. I Lenares gets cut pretty easily, so I think he's going to get cut and it's going to end up being stopped. Um, I'm also going Hovanesian. And I'm going um, Saddam Ali. I thought you were going to take Jaime Mungaya for the upset. <laughs> nope. Maybe if he was fighting <laughs> Triple G. <laughs> yeah, after how good Saddam Ali looked against Miguel Cotto, I I think he took that loss and, and got his head on because he looked tremendous against Cotto. Yeah. Um, it's just it's so weird, though, that we've never heard of Mungaya and he's like 28 and almost like 25 knockouts. Yeah, then he all of a sudden he gets thrown in with the glove can talk and now he's fighting Saddam Ali for a title in like a two week span. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that should be interesting. So hey, maybe he'll surprise us like some of these other guys have. Who knows? Um, once again, like I said, watch that one hang uh, one hang many oath and Leroy Estrada fight um, tomorrow. WrestleCast. Probably got a three-hour show lined up for you. We got to talk. We're talking wrestling, Duntaku, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, five-star classic. Officially, my fifth five-star that I gave this year. Uh, it was tremendous. Uh, Okada's third five-star match for me this year, by the way. Uh, him and Naito, him and Tanahashi, and him and Zack Saber. I went five. Uh, Young Bucks Gold Lovers got five, and Gargano almost got five. So Okada once again leading the charge for the best wrestler in the world, as per normal. Uh, we're going to talk that. Soldier? 
no, Bone Soldier did make his return, and in an odd way, it was kind of something that I called. I don't want to spoil it, but it was an ironic where I was too pissed to give a bleep, and then I was mm-hmm. really excited for the Bone Soldier return. Um, what? Yeah, it, Elijah, if you're if you're jumping on the Xbox after this for a little bit before you crash, I will be I will be able to tell you on there. I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners until tomorrow they can hear it. Uh, also, okay. we're going to review Backlash, which is still going on probably. Uh, when I got on here at 9:45, there were still two matches left, uh, so <laughs> I got to finish that up. Ron Smackdown from last week, news and rumors as always, but we got a jam-packed week, and we may have some very big news about WrestleCast uh, being, what? Are, how, how do they say, all in September 1st. We'll see you tomorrow. Liza, as right. always, man, it's a pleasure. We'll be back next Saturday or next Sunday. Uh, who's coming on next Sunday? I'm not sure yet, so we're going to figure it out. But we might have a guest. We might be guest-free for the first time in a while. So we'll see. Otherwise, we're giving you boxing regardless. That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate yeah. y'all listening. Thank you to Celso Ramirez for coming on. Follow us up at Sportscast Radio on Twitter. Ask to join our Facebook group, uh, Standing Account Radio. And uh, hit us up, iTunes, Stitch, or Google Play Radio. Tune in. Uh, we're on Player FM, I found out. I didn't even put us on there. So thank you for however we got on there. Appreciate it. Play a player. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next Sunday. Peace out.